2015, Walter Chinkle was on a safari in Namibia. He was there with his wife and a guide. And so he had suggested that one of the stops we make was in this place, Volvedans, on the eastern edge of the Namib Desert. And he wanted to do that because he said, there, there's this phenomenon there that I think you'd find very interesting. Walter's a retired entomologist. He's worked with a whole bunch of different kinds of insects, mostly ants. But he likes to do work outside that zone as well. Yeah, I'm an explorer. And I like unexplained phenomena that uh, other people are not looking at, that hasn't attracted their attention. And um, I'm also very much an experimentalist. So I test ideas with experiments. The unexplained phenomenon that the guide wanted Walter to see was something called fairy circles. And I'd never heard of fairy circles before. So as we circled in over the landing strip, you know, you could see this landscape. It was like full of holes, <laughs> thousands of them as far as you could see. It was quite remarkable. I'm Johanna Mayer, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're heading into the Namib Desert with Walter to experience a natural occurrence so enchanting that locals describe it as the footprints of the gods. After this... I'm LeVar Burton, and I read my favorite short stories every week on my podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. This season, that includes stories by Justin C. Key, Luis Alberto Urea, and Percival Everett. It's kind of like a book club, except you don't have to do the reading. I do. Listen to LeVar Burton Reads wherever you get your podcasts on. Don't forget to follow the show so you'll never miss an episode. Hey, Earwolf, Team Coco, and Stitcher listeners. It's me, Ashley Ray, and I'm here to tell you about a special collection of podcasts in honor of Women's History Month. From TV I Say with yours truly, Significant Others with Liza Powell O'Brien, and Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer, we are excited to celebrate all women who are part of the SiriusXM podcast family. So let's toast to these women-led hosts and listen on Amazon Music. Nami Brant Nature Reserve is just a wonderful place. It's very remote, at least four hours from the nearest town of any kind. And you're in this magical landscape of red dunes and just spaces. And then at the margin, there's these, uh, these granite mountains. And every day, you know, the wind comes up as it warms up, it blows toward the plateau, and in the evening, it blows toward the sea. Walter has been to the Namib Desert a few times. On one trip, 
he rented an old house at the base of 300-foot dunes. And the dunes were clearly going to win. You know, every morning you'd have to sweep the sand out of uh, out of the, the kitchen and the, the rooms. And so every morning you'd watch the, the springbok and the, the uh, oryx antelopes and the ostriches come in. It was just, it was magical. It's fitting that this magical landscape would host a phenomenon with such a magical label. The fairy circles. It's not clear exactly where that name came from, but it's been in the ether for more than 20 years. And if you've never seen pictures of these fairy circles that we're talking about, take a quick second right now. Go ahead, pull out your phone and Google them. These things are very strange. They're eerie, sort of otherworldly. The landscape is actually uh, a desert bunch grassland, so it's actually grassy, more or less a uniform cover in many areas of, of grass. And then you see these, uh, these holes in the grass that are completely bare. The fairy circles are nearly perfectly round and anywhere from 5 to 15 feet in diameter. Bright red desert dust peeks out between the rings of green grasses. And they don't stay the same size. They expand and shrink regularly. And there are tons of these rings, possibly millions across the area. If you're flying overhead like Walter was on that day back in 2015, it looks sort of like you're flying over a giant colander. Fantastic things in a whole landscape that was uh, filled with these uh, circles, these blank vacant circles. The fairy circles appear in one of the driest areas in the world, in a region that gets only 70 to 120 milliliters of rain every year. That's not quite the volume of a baseball. But here's the other fascinating thing about the fairy circles. Nobody really knows what causes them. There have been a lot of theories over the years. Maybe the soil is full of toxins. Maybe there's a nefarious mold or spores beneath the surface. Maybe it's wind or erosion. Maybe it's aliens. Well, let me say this about fairy circles, all right? Because they are apparently mysterious phenomena, they attract a lot of hypotheses, and a lot of them are completely loony. Yeah, Walter doesn't buy the aliens theory. You see, when his guide brought him out to the fairy circles back in 2015 and got all excited that he was an entomologist, it was because there's a different, slightly less sexy than aliens theory for what causes this phenomenon. Termites. Two years later, Walter returned to the Namib Desert. He had a research plan, was all ready to get out there and prove that termites were behind the fairy circles and uh, started some experiments on fairy circles. And it took us three days to prove that termites has nothing to do with fairy circles. So much for that theory. Well, we did some excavations of fairy circles, very careful excavations. The perimeter, the center, everything. We dug holes down to five or six feet deep, looking for any kind of evidence of termites and... They're just 
simply wasn't any. Yeah, you kind of scratch your head and you say, okay, now what? Now what? At this point, many scientists would have packed up and quietly slunk home, put their termite research trip on the back shelf where no one would ever hear about it. But not Walter. Remember, Walter thinks of himself as a scientific explorer, an experimentalist. And when you go down that road, you almost certainly turn out to be wrong sometimes. Maybe you turn out to be wrong a lot of times. And Walter actually has an entire philosophy around this. It has convinced me that it is important to publish negative results. I'm not talking non-results, but when the hypothesis is tested and it fails to meet the test, that should be published. I think of all the work could have saved, right? <laughs> Publishing negative results? It's not a thing most scientists do. You don't get as much credit. It's not as sexy if it's negative. And um, people are always looking for snazzy things to publish, things that will catch the eye and that will get you Nobel Prizes or whatever you're after. There's often this idea that science happens in these big bursts of discovery, that some lone genius toiling away in their lab looks under a microscope one day and says, aha. But Walter has a different point of view. The way I describe science is it's a community of people composed mostly of bricklayers and a few architects. And you don't need a lot of architects because it's the bricklayers that are collecting the data to build the edifice that supports whatever paradigm or hypothesis they're working on. So publishing his negative results about the termites? For Walter, it was bigger than just the fairy circles. It's his entire philosophy about science. Maybe the fairy circles weren't Walter's time to be an architect, but he still got to be a bricklayer. These days, scientists have coalesced around two main theories about the fairy circles, and termites are one of them. There are still some believers out there. But many others have rallied around a different theory, and Walter buys this one. Basically, it has to do with water and vegetation. Researchers believe that plants may be battling each other for the scarce water resources in the area, stealing water from their neighbors and leaving a dry circle in their wake. But honestly, if you ask me, I kind of don't want the mystery to be solved. I mean, come on, how many mysteries do we get these days? I'm not saying that aliens made the fairy circles, but wouldn't it just be so fun to look out across that landscape, see those amazing patterns going on and on for miles across the desert, and just live in that awe? This episode was produced by me, along with Sarah Wyman. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. 
The production team includes Dylan Theris, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney, Chica Okoye. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Johanna Mayer, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Now playing in Los Angeles. Exquisite food and drink. World-class art everywhere. Spectacular sports and dazzling Hollywood attractions. L.A. offers the full variety of food scene, from game-changing taco trucks to 35 Michelin stars. And did you know that Los Angeles has more museums and theaters than New York? It is indeed scandalous, but also unfortunately true. So get your fix in music, film, comedy, or world-class museums in L.A. Plus, you can get a behind-the-scenes movie magic with a world-famous studio tour. That is something that should be on everybody's bucket list. Start here with discoverla.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cox. I'm Robin Ince, and this is the Infinite Monkey Cage trailer for our brand new series. We've got mummies, we've got magic, we've got asteroids. Mummies, magic, and asteroids. What's the link? That it was an asteroid that magically went over the world that led to Imhotep the mummy coming back to life. That's correct. I thought it would be. We're as scientific as ever. But the most important thing to know is that we are going to deal with the biggest scientific question. We finally ask, what is better, cats or dogs? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.